everybody on the planet Earth should get information about the Green Bay Packers from Jason Wilde. And this is my favorite segment because I get to sit back and listen to Jason Wilde chat with the Super Bowl legend, Brian Bulaga. Still, according to Wikipedia, the youngest starter ever in a Super Bowl. Though some people are giving me information like somebody was younger. But I don't see how. Must not have been a starter. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I have no idea. All right, Jason. But Jason yeah, how, how are you doing this evening, Jason? Uh, I'm great. I love the fact that Homer just views this as a chance to take a segment off. Uh, and also, <laughs> I, I, I love the fact that he refers to you as a Super Bowl legend, which yeah. I, I you you're a lot of things and a lot of very positive things, including uh, someone who's become outstanding on the radio. A legend. 13 years after he started, he is still the youngest starter ever in Super Bowl history. That, sir, is a legend, Super Bowl legend. Uh, I think what? Joe Montana is more of a Super Bowl legend. Uh, Brian Belaga is a future Packers Hall of Famer. That's and a, a lock. Fantastic former player, but a legend. You just you can't throw that word around. You're a legend. Yeah, you are the legend. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Nice spin. What a great turn. That was very good. I got to give you credit. All right, you two go ahead. All right. Well, you know, I guess I'm going to go in a little different route because obviously we all know this. It's it's kind of a dead period for the for the Packers. But there was some news that came out that they're going to you know start their search for the new president. Uh, or CEO of the Green Bay Packers, uh, you know, replacing um, Mark Murphy. So I guess, Jason, I mean, have you heard, have you been kind of looking into this? Who the candidates are? Who's in, who's the front runner for this? Is it someone in house? Are they going outside? Kind of, what are you hearing on on this? Well, first of all, I expect you to get all the inside scoop because you in April have agreed to be on the tailgate tour crisscrossing yep. the state and yep. you'll be on the bus with Mark Murphy. So I expect you to get inside <laughs> information on this search. Look, I, I think they have an in-house candidate who not only should be the leading candidate, but should get the job. Uh, and that is Ed policy. His dad ran the 49ers. He's got ample experience as an executive. Uh, I don't think they should over complicate this and, I'm sure that they will look at other candidates, make sure they cover all their bases. But unless it's someone who just absolutely positively blows them away that they never saw coming, um, I think Ed Policy is deserving of being the kind of clear-cut favorite. Now, not only has he been working alongside Murphy for the longest time, but he was basically the point man on uh, title town, which is a huge piece of the Packers, uh, present and future. Uh, he's a really, really sharp guy. Uh, and I think he's a guy that just makes sense. But again, they're, they're enlisting, uh, Jed Hughes and his headhunting firm, Corn Ferry. Uh, I'm sure they will come up with some other candidates. I'm sure the NFL probably has some qualifications that, they would like to see uh, some people of color, some women who would be interviewed. And if those people turn out to be better candidates than Ed Policy, 
then they deserve the job. But I just have a hard time picturing a scenario where ed policy is not the the logical, clear-cut candidate. So someone would have to come out of, I don't want to say nowhere, but certainly uh, not out of the front-running group or the in-house candidates uh, and really impress them. So uh, I think ed policy is the person that my expectation is will be the guy, but that that is not guaranteed, that's for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, we could – people could say and everyone else can say what they want about Mark Murphy's tenure as, you know, the Packers CEO, president, whatever they call it. Um, And obviously only one Super Bowl, that's what a lot of people say. But, I mean, you'd have to look at Mark Murphy's time as, you know, running the show there. I mean, he's built Green Bay into a very – very, very high octane money making machine with Title Town, with the additions that they're doing, with probably how they're going to expand even more throughout Green Bay. You'd have to say he's done a pretty good job, or do, I mean, do you look at it a different way? No, I mean he's look he's he certainly has done a fantastic job. They are in a in an outstanding fiscal position. Uh, they they do have title town. They do have the draft coming here. Uh, they did expand further the seating at the stadium that gave them eighty thousand in uh, seating capacity. You know, Mark Murphy was fifty three years old when the Packers hired him uh, back in two thousand seven, uh, and Ed Policy will be fifty three years old if he gets the job next. So it's a you know with the mandatory retirement age. Of 70, you know, you're kind of looking at that same length of time potentially uh, for him to be president. Uh, I, I am, I admit my bias. Uh, I believe Bob Harlan uh, was far superior uh, okay. as a uh, president. I think that what he did in getting a Hall of Fame general manager, uh, who then in turn traded for a Hall of Fame quarterback signed a Hall of Fame defensive end in free agency and hired a Hall of Fame, because I do believe Mike Holmgren will eventually be in Canton, a Hall of Fame coach uh, after a team that had wandered in the wilderness for the better part of three decades, being mediocre to bad. Uh, I think what he did was more impressive. Plus, he got the stadium referendum passed. Like, they, they needed to get Brown County voters to vote in favor of taking on the cost of $290 million to turn the old corrugated green metal building that was Lambeau Field into the Taj Mahal it is today. So that's not Mark Murphy's fault. I would say the same thing about Ted Thompson versus Ron Wolf or Mike McCarthy versus Mike Holmgren or even, you know, your former quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, versus Favre. Like, it's just different when you've been so bad for so long and having to start a winning tradition again, as opposed to what the Packers have largely done since that 90s group, which is sustain that excellence, which is still very hard to do. But, you know, I just think that Mark Murphy fits the same category as Rodgers, McCarthy, Ted, that it's just different when the success has already begun. Yeah which absolutely makes sense. So onto the actual football side, obviously we've seen all the defensive staff changes, right? They're pretty much done, aren't they? Or, or is there any other? Yeah. A couple that... of, 
yeah, they got a couple of quality control guys. I think they have to hire, but yeah, it's it's pretty much done. Okay, are we going to see? Is there going to be any movement offensively, or is that done? Is is offense staying as is? No, I think uh, I I um, I know the the most the biggest question uh, for me and for others was whether or not Tom Clements was going to be back. You know, he's going to okay. be 71 years old. Uh, he is coming back. Um, LaFleur told me that. So, uh, okay. Why do you think he's coming well, back? Because I think he really enjoyed coaching, and I think he, you know, really enjoyed seeing the fruits of his coaching pay off with Jordan Love. I mean, look, Brian played during an era when, uh, he was on the staff. And, you know, in fact, for while he was offensive coordinator for a period, and on top of that, um, was actually the offensive play caller for a portion of one season. Um, but, look, he, he got far to go from, I think, 29 interceptions before he got here in 05 down to, I think, 18 in 06. And then, he, what did he have, like 10 in 07 when they went to the NFC Championship game? Like, he... You know, he made a difference with Favre, who was an old dog at that point. But at the same time, he also was a, a vital consigliere to Rodgers uh, during his developmental period. Then people forget, Tom actually spent a couple of years in Arizona. And if you remember, uh, Kyler Murray was playing his best football when he had Tom Clements as his quarterback's coach. Yeah. Uh, and he, I don't think he's been all that star-spangled awesome since. And then obviously now with Jordan Love and what he did. I just think Tom has been so important to what Jordan Love was able to do. And, and I always joke about this. I even said it to Rogers uh, when we corresponded a while back, like, dude, you did not bring, you did not bring Tom Clements on board as a favor to Jordan. You did it because you wanted Tom Clements on board, but it turned out to be a gigantic favor to Jordan Love. I mean, you know, Rogers would argue that he he knew that it would be great for Jordan. So what's he so good? Why why is he so good? I think I think he and and Brian obviously knows more a million times more than I do, but I think one of the best things he does, and he and McCarthy both oversaw the quarterback school that was really important to Rogers' development. They don't do it as extensively now because the rules are different for the offseason program, but. I think he is really good at teaching the the fundamentals of the game. And I know Brian uh, coaches uh, flag football, peewee football, and mm. and I coach, you know, girls basketball and softball and that kind of stuff. But I think, you know, both of us in our roles as dads believe in the importance of fundamentals over everything else. And I think what Tom Clements is outstanding at is – teaching fundamentals that then can be parlayed into these quarterbacks, actually improving in the most vital skills, uh, accuracy, decision-making, all the things that make a good quarterback, and frankly, even arm strength. Like, I always use Matt Flynn as the example. Matt Flynn came in uh, as a seventh-round pick in 08, and, you know, and, and I, I love Matt. He's a great dude. Um, but he was a bit of a, I don't want to say noodle arm, but he certainly did not have an NFL-caliber arm. He won a national title at LSU. If he had a stronger arm, he would have been picked earlier than the seventh round. But he spent an offseason and a training camp with Clements, and I swear to you, watching him at the rookie camp 
after the draft and watching him beat out Brian Brom, a second-round pick, to back up yep. Rodgers in 08 was because his arm strength, because he, he improved his footwork, he improved his throwing motion, and that was all with Tom coaching him. And it just made such a vital difference in his ability and he became more accurate. I mean, he ended up getting a big contract from Seattle. He didn't end up, obviously, being the starter there for very long. But I just think that that's what Tom excels at. And I think the things that I wondered about with Jordan Love were his decision-making, his arm strength, his accuracy, and all three of those things by midseason, when you watch him from then on, you can see the impact of his learning from Clements impact all of those areas and he was just so much better and I, and I it, Jordan deserves a ton of the credit he's the one to put in the work I'm not saying that he's a creation of Tom Clements what I'm saying is is Tom Clements gave him the tools and he maximized them and became a guy that now we're not wondering if he's the guy anymore we are very certain that he's the guy absolutely absolutely I guess okay so my last question uh do we have any rumblings of when a Jordan Love extension will happen? So I think that's interesting. We can we could probably and and you and I are going to spend some time together next week. I'm going to spend time with Homer tomorrow because Tausch has finally reached the point in his off season where he just needs time off and needs to be away from me, which I don't blame him. Um, but <laughs> that's uh, made up. They they can't they can't sign him to an extension before May 3rd. The rule is one year after you sign an extension, you're then eligible for another one. So they did that half-measure deal last uh, May 2nd instead of giving him the fifth-year option uh, as the 2021st round pick. So that would be, the first date they could do it is, is May 4th. I don't think that's when it's going to happen. I, If we're doing over-under, I would probably put it sometime in mid-June, and then I would bet the over this feels to me like something that you get done right before the start of training camp. Um, You know, I remember Kenny Clark got a deal done right before, like the day that they were starting practicing and he went out to the field with his new contract. That's what my gut tells me, but it can happen anytime after May 3rd. Got it. Thanks Jason. All right, doc. All right, Homer. I'll talk to you tomorrow, Homer. Jason will the all Packers all the time to the Super Bowl legend, a short third quarter next.